Hello and welcome to Money Life. This is Sucheta Dilal. How many of you have had reason to file a complaint with SEBI's online grievance redress system called SCORES? I'm sure if you trade in the market or you own shares, sometime or the other, you must have done it, right? And how many of you think that SEBI acts like a post office? Well, here's good news for you. This time, the Securities Appellate Tribunal has confirmed that SEBI's core system acts like a post office. So the discussion we're going to have today is, what does it mean for the future of investor grievance redress, especially since SEBI is all set to unload the responsibility primarily on what it calls market infrastructure institutions. So my question is, won't market infrastructure institutions behave exactly like they have seen the regulator behaving? What I'm talking about has happened now, just five days ago. On 3rd August, the Securities Appellate Tribunal, which I'm going to call SAT henceforth, issued an interesting order. This order finally nails down what thousands of investors have suspected and complained about with specifics, that the market regulator deals with complaints in a perfunctory manner and acts like a post office. What do I mean by this? It forwards the complaints to the regulated entity that you've complained against. Maybe it's a broker, usually large listed companies are brokers today or it's an exchange, most often a listed company. Now, if they are worried enough about getting something from the regulator and they uh, redress your problem, wonderful, you're lucky. If not, SEBI just listens to their response, which is usually sent by a legal department and closes the complaint. End of story. So you can keep banging your head against a wall, nothing really happens. Now, this is an interesting case very different because the complainant here is very powerful. He is 82-year-old KLA Padmanabhasa. He is a promoter and director of Kode India Limited. What is Kode? Yes, of course, you know that it's the company which makes the Peter Scott whiskey brand and Mr. Padmanabhasa holds 20% of the equity in this company. Some of it directly, 1.21% and 18.56% through a HUF, which is a Hindu undivided family account. Now, it is customary that the share certificates or the shares of family members and promoters are kept with the company. In this case, they were in physical form. Now, the rules require that all promoter shares should be dematerialized and held in DMAT form, but that's an issue we'll come to later. So first, the story. So on 2nd November, which is last year, Mr. Padman Abhisa asked the Kode board to dematerialize his shareholding and credit it to his beneficiary account. Instead of doing so, the company said, we are sending you physical share certificates. They told him this on 9th November. The physical shares never arrived. They had asked him to take the physical shares and then submit them to the depository participant. Since the shares didn't arrive, on 17 November, Mr. Padman Abhisar wrote to the registrar and transfer agent of the company and said, give me duplicate shares. Now, all this is happening because it's clearly a dispute in the family because otherwise a director is not going to have to do all this like he's a small retail investor holding 100 shares, right? So he's a senior board member and a significant shareholder, but he's being pushed around. Now, keep that aside. Doesn't matter. In fact, it's good because it established the case. The board, when he did this, went a step further. They held a board meeting 
and on 26th November 2022, they passed a resolution refusing to dematerialize his shares. Mr. Padman Abbasa was not apparently present at that board meeting. What was the grounds for refusal? They said it was not in the larger interest of the company to do so. I mean, as absurd as it sounds, an 82-year-old director, family member, the 20% shareholding, and it's not in the interest of the company to allow him to have the shares in his own account. Obviously, there was a reason. Like I said, the dispute. They suspected that he's going to sell the shares, which means a big 20% stake could go to an outsider. Maybe they th suspect a takeover threat, but doesn't matter. Rules are rules because we have to follow the rules. Now, most of the actions of the company were patently illegal. What was Mr. Padman Abhisar's reaction? Simple. He just used the simple grievance redress processes that SEBI has put in place for us, people like us, and SEBI thinks that they work. So he filed a complaint with scores. We're glad he did because all this would not have come out but for it. What did SEBI do? Forwarded the complaint to CODE, got a response, obviously the board resolution, filed it, closed the complaint on 19th April 2023. It was fully aware that there, there was a dispute didn't want to get involved. This is the regulator. You find it funny? I do. Now, isn't it stunning that SEBI officials in charge of regulating listed companies did not want to know more about what was happening and why was this director prom promoter being pushed around like this? Did they not verify whether SEBI actions were in line with their own listing obligation and disclosure requirements? The famous LODR rules, listing, obligation, and disclosure requirements, right? I'm going to call it LODR. Now, what do these LODR regulations say? Specific one, section 31.2, which says, the listed entity, and I'm quoting, the listed entity shall ensure that 100% of shareholding of promoters and promoter group is in dematerialized form, and the same is maintained on a continuous basis in the manner as specified by the board. Obviously, the board wasn't doing any specifying. Since this was not a helpless retail investor, he filed a complaint with the Securities Appellate Tribunal. This is when the fun begins. Now, his lawyers argued that there are specific provisions of the Depositories Act. The shares had to be held in dematerialized form, whether or not it's a listed entity. Codes got itself an expensive lawyer and tried to deflect the issue. First, it's tried to delay it. It said this was not a listed company, but it was shown that it, the MCA website, Ministry of Corporate Affairs, continues to show it as a listed entity. Then it said that an appeal was not maintainable to SAT. If anything, it should have gone to the National Company Law Tribunal. You won't get into why that. At the least, they said it should have gone to the exchange. So it's not a listed company, but it should have gone to the National Stock Exchange. Now, the astonishing stand that Kode did was they said, we passed a resolution, remember? They said the articles of association of the company provide absolute discretion to the board to refuse to register transfer of shares in exceptional circumstances where it's felt that the transferor or transferee is not a desirable person from the larger point of view of interest of the company as a whole. Now, this desirable or undesirable company already holds the shares in this case already a director, he's already on your board, but they put this before SAT. Luckily, SAT refused to buy any of it. 
They didn't care whether he was going to sell the shares. They called it out for what it is, which is delaying and deflecting tactics. The SEBI lawyer didn't seem to have made much of an argument because sat order says he conceded that SEBI's communication, mind you, only the communication to the promoter was not, and I quote, was not happily worded. And it, should the matter be remitted back to SEBI by SAT, it would pass appropriate orders in accordance with LODR regulations. How kind of them? So SAT should send it back. SAT did exactly that, but not without giving them a nice sharp wrap on the lip, uh, wrist. It said that SEBI had mechanically disposed the complaint without applying its mind as to whether LODR provisions were violated. It also held that the refusal to transfer shares does not pass under the specific set of circumstances in which this can be done. So it cite, there's a lot of citations and detailed reproduction of say section 58 on the Companies Act. I'm not gonna go into it, it's not important, but in conclusion, it called the refusal patently erroneous even under the Articles of Association of Code itself, because there was no larger corporate interest involved. There may have been personal interest of specific directors. Now, quoting various rules that required both listed and unlisted companies to hold the shares in DMAT forms and to facilitate the DMAT process, not just for promoters, but for everybody, SAT set aside the SEBI communication and directed SEBI to issue a fresh order and to also direct the company to rectify the violations of securities law that had now come out before the appellate tribunal. Frankly, isn't it embarrassing for SEBI to be badly wrapped like this, literally three days after it issues new rules, transferring all responsibility to marketed infrastructure institutions. So this is what has happened. In the meanwhile, on 31st July, SEBI issued new set of rules. This is based on a consultation paper that it had issued in December 2022, where it said, we're going to provide an end-to-end -end disaggregated solution and a mediation and dispute resolution process. We're going to outline how it works. It's going to be online. We're going to cap charges. And we are going to make market infrastructure institutions. These include stock exchanges and others. We're going to make them responsible they will have to resolve things first. They will have to have dispute resolution and mediation. Only if all that fails, then people can come. Now, come to SEBI. All this has happened, shirked responsibility, passed it on, very good, if it works, okay? The whole point about this and highlighting this order is the efficacy of the new system will be tested when all the rules are in place and it begins to operate. I don't see it happening until at least six months from now. SEBI may have appointed consulators, arbitrators, It'll, it's micromanaged, as I said, even capping fees. But the point is, if they behave exactly like SEBI officials have behaved, will it be any different? Or will you have another long layer of delay? Because mind you, now you just can't jump. You can't write to an exchange, wait for a while and write to SEBI. You write, you wait for this online process, you're not satisfied with the order, you go in for mediation, that doesn't work, you're going to go. SEBI of course says, we will know, we are going to be in charge because we're going to ask these MIIs and this market online process to send us regular action taken reports. Assuming that those action taken reports will be scrutinized carefully. And if they didn't scrutinize a complaint that came from a 
big investor who's a director, they didn't even look at it. They're going to look at an action taken report, which has maybe scores of cases, punning on the scores. Who knows? We'll wait and watch. We can hope for the best, but there's no surefire way unless the regulator shows that it is serious. Now, mind you, there's another point that this process is going to be for cases like the Code one or when companies are not transferring your shares or you, know, you haven't got something back. It will not cover insider trading, account manipulation, price or volume manipulation, both in equity, commodities, derivatives, what have you, because all those are going to be treated as complaints deserving of investigation. It's a good thing, so long as it happens. So there's going to be a separate portal these complaints will be put over there and they will go in for an investigation because there's no redress here. This is a market-wide issue. In principle, again, very good. But given the example that I've cited here, unless the regulator is going to make itself accountable, you can't have ATRs from others and not be accountable yourself, you have to put up a public dashboard with a timeline showing when did you take up complaints sent to you There'll be a lot of them that are bogus. We as Money Life get a lot of complaints, very detailed copies, but it's bogus. So there may be bogus complaints. There may be petty rivalries that lead to complaints which are completely false, but whatever it is, those you close as not worth investigating, those that you are investigating, and then a timeline before which you com complete it. That needs to be up on a dashboard. And if the government of India has dashboards for everything from Aadhaar to health or whatever, this is the least that SEBI's board of directors needs to ask it to do. I haven't seen any of it as yet. Remember, there's a reason why I'm asking this. Let's not forget that SEBI has been alone to itself, not accountable to anyone. The parliament doesn't ask it questions. So as recently as a week ago, the same SAT set aside a SEBI order imposing a 25 crore penalty on the Ambani family. Not because they liked the Ambanis, but the order said SEBI had acted on a violation that occurred in 2000, 23 years ago, under provisions that came into existence in 2015. Now, that is another wrap. So we need a regulator accountable because just setting up a couple of portals and an online system, passing responsibility and asking for ATRs is not the answer. We will be waiting, we'll be watching. And if you have interesting stories like these, tell us, we will highlight them so that others who invest in the market get to know about it. If you like what I say, share this video and subscribe to us. Thank you.